Hello and welcome. It's great to have you with us. As you may gather by now, everything we do here is because we love our Lord. But together with that, we also do it for all of you that follow this ministry, with the goal to help you either find your own personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, or to help you in your daily walk with Him. We certainly don't do it for the money because we are 100% self-supported through the grace of God and through our own secular jobs. Like the Apostle Paul, we work with our hands to benefit others. So, as all of you have done for years now, please feel free to share our ministry work with as many people as possible to help continue moving forward with the Lord's work as we remain dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. As part of today's continuing look into Proverbs, we will discuss the importance of fearing the Lord, what that means and how having a humble heart before Him is what unlocks that many blessings God has in store for those that do so. God's intentions are not only to save you, but also to do great things through your life, to give you an eternal purpose that will also yield His blessings on your life as a product of that purpose. No one else can offer you what God does, which is eternal salvation, purpose, and blessing. That's the proof of His faithful and graceful love for us. We'll look into this further ahead. But for right now, I encourage you to pray for the countries you live in and for God's revival in them. We need to earnestly pray for the salvation of souls wherever we live so God can continue spreading His salvation to all of mankind. We are living in the last days. There is no question about that. That's why even more so we need to pray now more than ever so that God continues touching people through the power of His Holy Spirit and His Word. Because His perfect will is this. Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet, a peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So having read this, let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we I praise you and I worship you, O Lord. I give you thanks for your goodness, your mercy, for your grace, for your kindness. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for, for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for what you did through Him. Lord God, I, I give you thanks for the awesome price of His sacrifice. Lord God, because through that sacrifice is that all of our sins have been washed away. And we have been giving eternal life through Him. Heavenly Father, it, it, is, it is never enough to say thank you for that. Lord God, but I, we praise you, O Lord, and I, I pray in the name of Jesus now that you please continue forgiving my sins and my wrongs. Heavenly Father, I pray humbly now in the name of Jesus, O Lord, for, for each and every of the countries that, that we all live in, Lord. Heavenly Father, I, I live here in the U.S. and there are so many others in different places in the world, Lord God. We pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, for, for a, a great movement of your Holy Spirit, for, for a revival, for a salvation of many souls. 
pray in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, that you may move in a mighty way even in these days, especially in these, in these days, Heavenly Father, that there may be the touching of many lives, Heavenly Father, an awakening. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for a rise of a new generation that will seek you out, Lord God. Where they look, where they need so many answers and, and they need, Lord God, so much hope, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord God, that you may just glorify yourself over and over again in the lives of many. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, Lord God, that you may guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, that you may speak to us, Lord God, that you may help us to have open hearts and minds, O Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray and I give you thanks. Amen. Today we'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 15, and this is what it says. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness is in its breaks the spirit. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives correction is prudent. In the house of the righteous there is much treasure, but in the revenue of the wicked is trouble. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the fool does not do so. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves him who follows righteousness. Harsh discipline is for him who forsakes the way, and he who hates correction will die. Hell and destruction are before the Lord, so how much more the hearts of the sons of men. A scoffer does not love one who corrects him, nor will he go to the wise. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred." A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays contention. The way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns, but the way of the upright is a highway. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. Folly is joy to him who is destitute of discernment, but a man of understanding walks uprightly. Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. A man is joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. The way of life winds upward for the wise, that he may turn away from hell below. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the boundary of the widow. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant. He who is greedy for gain troubles his own house but he who hates bribes will live. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and a good report makes the bones healthy. The ear that hears the rebukes of life will abide 
among the wise. He who disdains instruction despises his own soul, but he who heeds rebuke gets understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Today we're going to concentrate on a few verses for our discussion. On verses 3, 11, 16, and 33, which say this again. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Verse 11 says, Hell and destruction are before the Lord, so how much more the hearts of the sons of men. And verse 16 says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. And finally, verse 33, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. What is the fear of the Lord? Fear means quite a few things from a biblical standpoint, and as it relates to its context, in the context of verse 33, for instance, fear means that there is a combination of a deep and honoring respect as well as a healthy kind of being afraid, meaning that you understand that there are terrible things that may happen because of what you are dealing with, if you are not careful. I will try to explain with an example. Fire, for instance, is one of those things that are essential to mankind. But at the same time, if it is not used carefully and with the necessary precautions, it can be the most destructive element to man, to the point that it can kill someone in a very painful way. We use fire to keep warm and for light, so those light bulbs are sophisticated forms of fire that are contained within glass structures, and to cook our food. Without fire, mankind cannot survive. So fire is our friend. But at the same time, if a fire is out of control because someone started playing with fire and was not careful, fire can burn, can burn down your house, destroy thousands of acres of property, and of course, kill many people depending on the circumstances. That's why the Bible mentions this, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. So God is love but he is also someone you need to be careful with. And here is where we can start to understand why the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. What allows for wisdom to start and grow, if you will, in our lives, is basically the concept that there is a God, and his characteristics are what shape our search and the way we treat him. If we begin understanding who the God of the Bible is, we start to understand His power, His love, His abilities, that a judgment exists and that He is the only one that will exercise that judgment, that He is the one that decides where a person spends eternity, that He needs to be revered and respected because of who He is and because of what He is capable of, because He could either be the most beneficial being to us, if we do things right, or the most catastrophic and deadly, if we choose to do things wrong. So the knowledge of who he is and what he is, is capable of what should guide us to seek after him, to treat him the way he should be treated, and yes, be afraid of the consequences that can occur if we are not careful and respectful. God is the most forgiving being in existence, but only if you come to him with the right heart and mindset. If you come to him on his terms, because after all, he is God. The Bible teaches this in Acts chapter 3 verse 19 where it says, Repent therefore and be converted, 
that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So if we come with a repentant heart and we convert from our sins, which means to turn away from, to change direction, God not only erases your sins through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, but He allows for times of refreshing to occur. He can even perform miracles and great wonders in your life, things that can cause healing from the pain and wounds and heartache caused by the sin in your life. But we have to come in His terms, not in our terms. The Bible also teaches us in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we fulfill the condition of confessing our sins before Him by coming clean, by admitting what we have done wrong, then He exemplifies His forgiving, faithful and loving nature where He cleans you and forgives you. But, if we read the following verse where it says, If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. So, if we don't come to Him and we don't confess our sins, we make Him a liar. And how do you think a holy and fearful God may respond? Here is where people forget who God is. God is love. He is merciful. He is slow to anger. But slow to anger doesn't mean that that anger will never come. It just takes time to get through his layer of patience, if you will. But his patience does have a limit. You can push God only for so long. Where is that limit? I don't know, but there is a limit. The Bible also teaches us this through John chapter 3, verse 36, where it says, He who believes in the Son, meaning Jesus Christ, has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Therefore, if you believe in Jesus Christ as you need to, you find everlasting life. Everything can be great and different if you do that. But if you don't believe in Jesus, then not only will you not see life, but the wrath of God is sitting on your head. And if you continue with that disbelief, His patience will run out someday and you will experience the not-so-loving side of God. So like the consuming fire He is, if you seek Him and do what He says, for your own good, mind you, then his characteristic of fire will be extremely beneficial to your life. It will be the most noble and helpful thing that you can ever experience. But if you refuse to look for him, and you reject his love, his grace, his mercy, then sooner or later that very noble fire will consume you in his anger and wrath. And so, when you begin understanding who God is, then that is what starts shaping wisdom in you. Because you understand that you need to look for Him. Because you need Him in every kind of way. And that you need to be careful with Him. Because even though He is love and all other great things, He can become the most dreadful and fearful and terrifying thing known to mankind. Because He holds all things in His power. That's why if you understand the God of the Bible, absolutely everything is conditional with Him because everything is under His terms. He is God and we can never forget that. But as we read before and here's where we get into focusing on the benefit of fear in the Lord, 
God has no desire to cause us harm. He desires to be the greatest we can ever know and to give us the greatest things any human being could ever have. God is the Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, the Eternal One. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is love, and because of who He is, His intentions are good. Actually, they are the best. He desires to forgive. He desires to heal our lives. He desires to do great and wonderful things in our lives. He desires to share with us His wisdom, His knowledge. He desires to make us one with Him, to be intimately involved in our lives. He desires all good things for our lives and for those that surround us. The Bible teaches us this in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, where it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So if you fear the Lord, if we look for Him under His terms, we can experience His thoughts of peace for us. We can have the future and hope He wishes to bestow on us. You have everything to gain and nothing to lose, but you need to treat Him like the God He is. You need to learn how to do what He wants you to do so you, because it's all up to you in that regard, can unlock the wonders that only He can perform. For the Lord says, Those who honor me, I will honor. And he also says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So having mentioned these things, who doesn't want to be honored by God? Who doesn't want to be exalted by the Most High? Who can care more for you than the one that sent his only begotten son to die on the cross, so you and I could have the hope of eternal salvation. The fear of the Lord is the most important building block, not only for wisdom, but for everything in our lives, because that is what should drive us to honor God, to respect God, to understand who He is and what He is capable of. The fear of the Lord is what should drive us to learn about Him and how it is we need Him, because once all of that knowledge begins to develop in our lives, then we understand, if we are logical, that it is in our best interest to treat Him right, because all of the wonderful and amazing things He can do in our lives and in the lives of those that surround us. If we have a humble and contrite heart before the Lord, a healthy kind of fear, we can then experience all of His good intentions for us, because His intentions are to love us, to bless us, to give us eternal life and all of the blessings He bestows on those that love, honor, and follow Him. Let's pray. Lord God, I praise You, O Lord, for Your goodness and Your mercy. Lord, I exalt You for who You are because You are God. You are the God of the universe. You are the Creator of heaven and earth. You are the Almighty. You are a fearful God. Heavenly Father, but you are a, a wonderful God, a loving Father, a caring God. Lord, I give you thanks because you are all of those things, because that's who you are and what makes you so special and so different to everything and everyone else, because there is no one like you, O Lord. Heavenly Father, help us to 
understand who you are more and more clearly each day. Help us, O oh Lord, to always be able to keep that in mind, that that reality may continue to develop in us, that picture, if it were even possible to have a picture of who you are and what you are and what you are able to do. Heavenly Father, help us to be able to have that, that healthy fear and that respect for you. Heavenly Father, help us to just understand more clearly and that we need to look for you. Help us to understand that we depend on you for every single thing in our lives. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person out there that's listening right now, whether they're far or near. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you may be able to work in their lives. If they don't yet know you, Heavenly Father, if they don't yet have that personal and intimate relationship with you through Jesus Christ, that Heavenly Father, they may look to have that because that is the answer to life itself. And I pray, Lord God, for those of us that, that are in this relationship with you, that we just continue moving forward, seeking you out, looking for you, trying to understand who you are and to be about your business, to be able to do those things that please you, that honor you, that bring glory to your name, because in doing so, you glorify yourself in our lives. Help us, O oh Lord, to honor you so that one day you may honor us. I give you thanks and I praise you, O oh Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word together. And please feel free to write to us through our website if you would like more information or just need some prayer. Our web address again is theladderrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. May God bless you.